Thank you, Dane. Good morning to everybody. It looks like winter again out there, doesn't it? Spring's almost here, though. So, Good to be together. If you're visiting with us this morning, we're so thankful that you're here, and we do hope and pray that you will be edified and instructed and encouraged uh, from God's Word. And we pray that you'll come back and be with us every time you have the opportunity. It's good to be together. It really is. This morning, I want us to finish this short series that I began a couple of Sundays ago, talking about the devil and the reality of the devil and how he's our enemy, but don't, the first two sections of this, I, I emphasize, don't let the devil win. Make up your mind. Don't let him win in your life because he certainly is there. There are a whole lot of people right now, a whole lot of people in our country, they just kind of brush the whole idea of the devil aside. Don't believe in him. Don't believe in the devil. Don't believe he's real. Now, they also have some problems, a whole lot of them, with believing in God. But some of them would probably say, well, yeah, I, I, I think I believe in God, but I don't believe in the devil. I don't believe that. And so if we don't believe in something that is, then we are vulnerable, if, especially if that's an evil something, and the devil is, then we're vulnerable to that evil on a greater scale because we're not on guard against it. So we need to always be aware the devil is not mythical, he's not mystical, he's not imaginary, he's not made up to keep people in control by some higher authority, but, but the devil is real. Now, we certainly face a great many challenges today, great many challenges. And I, I can't even list all of them, but let me give you some broad categories. What about sickness and injuries with all of the accompanying pain and suffering? What about strained relationships, either friendships or crumbling homes or even divorce between married couples? What about financial hardships, unemployment, all of a sudden? Walk in one day, you're handed a pink slip or you're called into the supervisor's office and he says, got to let you go. Or what about unexpected bills that come your way or other unexpected expenses? What about the death of a family member or a loved one or a friend and it hits you hard, you just get a phone call and so-and-so passed away yesterday? Unexpected and unprepared for that. Well, we could list a whole lot of other situations like this, but the point I want to try to make is that the devil will skillfully use what we might call these negative circumstances, negative situations, to try to lead you into sin. He'll, he'll skillfully use those. He'll work on you through those difficulties in your life. Hardship, sadness, sometimes depression perhaps, but he'll work on those. You have a problem in your marriage relationship. You have a problem in the home. You have a problem with a family member. You have a tough time getting along with your boss at work. Devil will use all of those kinds of situations. And what about pain? You have chronic pain, maybe back pain, maybe foot pain, shoulder pain, whatever it might be. He'll use all of those what we would call negative circumstances and situations in our lives. And he's very adept at using those to try to lead you away from God. And he doesn't have to make you an atheist, just 
just guide you even gradually to become less and less dedicated, more and more unfaithful, put God farther and farther out of your mind and become less committed to serving God and worshiping him and studying his word in the way that he wants you to. And so when the devil does that, he can really break you down and ultimately lead you away from faithfulness to God. But you don't have to give in to the devil's temptations. You can be assured that with God's help, you can beat the devil. And that's what we want to emphasize. Finish this short series on a really positive, uh, in a really positive way, with a really positive emphasis. You can beat the devil. And you can overcome all of his temptations to try to lead you into sin and away from God. You can beat the devil. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, what do we do in the face of, 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 of challenge, of temptation? The devil knows what we are weak and vulnerable to, every single one of us. And we all have what I call our Achilles heel temptations. And that is particular temptations to which we are personally kind of weak and vulnerable before if we're not on guard. And yours are different than mine, and mine are different than somebody else's. And you know, a person across the aisle from you, they're different for them than, than they are for you. But we all have them. And we all need to be aware of them and admit them and stand on guard against them. But the devil knows every single one. Well, we say, you know, some people say, yeah, I, I just don't think I can live the Christian life. I don't think I can give up some of the things that I've been involved in. You know, I, it, what they're saying is the devil's got such a chokehold on me that I, I, I'm giving up. I'm not, I'm not going to come to God. I don't think I can do it. I don't want to give up some of the sin that I'm involved in. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, God through the apostle Paul assures us, he encourages us. One of my most encouraging scriptures in my mind in the whole Bible, he said, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So the devil's not going to throw at me any temptation that all of a sudden is a brand new temptation. Nobody's ever been confronted with that temptation before. No, not going to happen. God said he's not going to let it happen. Whatever temptations the devil throws at me, he's thrown them at other people all through time. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. And in the middle of that verse, what a great statement and assurance. But God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful to who? We're supposed to be faithful to God. Who's God faithful to? Paul's making the point, God is faithful to you. As long as you are walking with him in faithfulness, God will be faithful to you. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So God has promised, and sometimes we struggle with some of our promises, don't we? Sometimes we find ourselves making a promise and then uh, we haven't quite followed through faithfully. But God is faithful. He's promised. He'll always make the way for us to say no. He'll always be there with us and for us as long as we're walking with him. Well, we need to come to grips with the fact that the devil is real. We've got good, we've got evil in this world, within humanity, within the conscience of mankind. The good comes from God, the evil comes from the devil. 
Just as God is real, so is the devil. Now you take God out of the picture, you've taken the devil out of the picture as far as your belief system is concerned. But if you don't believe in the devil, if you don't believe he's real, if you don't believe in God, that does not change the fact that both are real. God is, and so is the devil. But the devil, again, is absolutely opposite of God. And God is all powerful. And so that's why Paul was able to make that statement, again, guided by God, to write it exactly that way. God's saying, I'm not going to let the devil overwhelm you. As long as you're walking with me, I'll be faithful to you and make the way of escape that you may be able to bear, deal with, say no to any temptation the devil might try to use on you. But make no mistake, the devil is real and he is our mortal enemy. Mankind's greatest problem, greatest challenge, it's not what the media throws at us on a constant basis. Famine, drought, overpopulation, global warming, climate change, whatever is in vogue for this particular day. But rather, man's greatest problem is the devil, sin sin that the devil leads us wants to lead us into you though can beat the devil you can beat the devil and that's what you need to keep in your mind every single one of us in first peter 5 verses 8 and 9 peter wrote be sober be vigilant because your adversary your enemy in other words the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour he's looking for souls to lead away from god to lead into eternal condemnation. Resist him steadfast in the faith. And that's our defense mechanism against the devil. We stay faithful to God. We stay in the faith, the teachings of his word, the ways of Christianity, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced in your brotherhood of the world. Peter could personally relate to what what he wrote right there when he said, the devil is your adversary. He's your enemy. He's walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Because Jesus told Peter personally, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you as wheat. Now that ought to, send, ought to have sent chills up and down Peter's spine. To think about that kind of reality and the devil has that kind of latitude to work us over individually and personally, that ought to send chills up and down our spine. Jesus told Peter, the devil's after you. The devil's after you. And Peter, as he reflected back upon that warning from his Lord, could remember, yeah, and he got me for a short time. I even denied my Lord three times on the night of his betrayal. But Peter came to his senses, he learned his mistake. The devil though cannot beat you without your help. Can't beat you without your help. Remember 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, God's not gonna let him overpower you with some temptation that you can't say no to as long as you're staying true to God. The devil cannot beat you without your help. You make him the prince of your life as you walk in obedience and in rather in disobedience to God. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter two, the first two verses, and you he made alive who are once de- uh, dead in trespasses and sins. Now think about this. He's writing this to Christians. 
He's writing this to members of the church in Ephesus. And he says, God has made you alive through Christ. You were once dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world. This world is engulfed in the darkness of sin. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And that's a very descriptive phrase, phraseology for simply the devil. Really, you might think of it as kind of even poetic kind of identity ascribed to the devil. The prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Paul says, you, may, you were made alive. You were dead in those trespasses and sins. You used to walk according to his lead, to his guidance, giving in to his temptations. But you have been made alive in Christ. You've been made alive in Christ. You were born again, John 3, verses 3 through 5. You were made new, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, from a spiritual perspective. If you let the devil blind you to God's word, well then, you will be unfaithful and you will be condemned in your sin. And, but you see, that's up to us. He cannot overpower us against our will and God has promised to be there with us and for us to be faithful to us as long as we're faithful to him. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4, even if our gospel is veiled, veiled, a veil cut across a plate, in other words, blinded, basically, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, lowercase g, the devil, has blinded who do not believe. Now, it's not that the devil overwhelmed them and caused them spiritual blindness. They didn't believe. And so the devil had his work made easy for him. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You see, if you let yourself become blind through the devil's leading to God and his word and his will for your life, his truth Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8 and verse 32. And he identified later in John 17, the night of his betrayal, verse 17, what that truth is. God's word. But if you let yourself be blinded by the truth of God, to the truth of God's word, to that truth, well, then the devil's got you, and he, and he wins. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. And so the devil wins. But this world is under his sway. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. I like the Revised Standard Version translation here in that particular part of that verse. The whole world is in the power of the evil one. And many are following his lead. Philippians 3, verses 18 and 19. Many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Why? Because they're living in sin. They're following the ways of the devil. Whose end is destruction, whose God, lowercase g again, speaking of the devil, is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. The devil will use all of the 
attractions that worldly living would present to us, at least their seeming attractions. And, and, and if we let him blind our minds, our eyes, our understanding to the truth of God's word as to the dangers of letting that become the main focus in our life, well, again, then the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. And we're turning away from the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Same verse. Both ends of the spectrum there, that one verse. This world, though, and this is what people need to understand. A whole lot of people, they'll live worldly lifestyles. They'll live in all kinds of sinful practices, activities, thinking they're getting away with it. They say, hey, I, I love this kind of lifestyle, and, and it, it's like there's no end to it. No end to their lives. But then they get a little bit older, and then a little bit older, and then a little bit older, and they start realizing, I, I can't do a lot of this stuff anymore. And this is not giving me the fulfillment that I, I, I used to think it was giving me. I see problems now. I've got to stop this. You might, you might compare it to a drug addict or an alcoholic on a, a, a kind of a different level. But that drug addict or that alcoholic, they become addicted to that particular drug. And they're both drugs. Alcohol is a drug. So they become addicted to what they're doing there, taking those drugs, take, drinking that alcohol, and, and it's got a hold on them and they can't let go. But a whole lot of them somewhere along the line after they've suffered the consequences of their addiction, they come to realize this is killing me. I've got to stop this. And those who don't ultimately end up dead a whole lot of the time as a result of their addiction and their failure to give it up, to change their life. Sin has that kind of effect on us. And a whole lot of people, I don't want to give this up. I don't want to change this. I still want to do this. I want to keep on, you know, with these kinds of folks over here. And somewhere along the line, hopefully they come to realize this is killing me spirit, spiritually killing me spiritually. I've got to change. Now, those who make that decision and then seek to make the change in their lives in the right way, they can be reborn spiritually. As they're baptized into Christ, the blood that he shed on the cross for them cleanses them of the guilt of their sins. As they get into God's word and begin making the proper applications of their lives, their life changes and they start to live that new life in Christ. But those who don't, either don't recognize how that lifestyle is killing them spiritually, or else they just give up and say, I can't change. They die in their sins. Eternal condemnation in hell. But see, God says you can beat the devil. You can beat the devil. And so Matthew chapter, 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 15, first, John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. So we need to be aware. We need to be on guard. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If we are running into a temptation, a practice, somebody trying to lead us into some kind of lifestyle 
or activity that contradicts God's word, contradicts dedication to and love for God, then we need to turn away from that. So do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and that's all around us, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And here's key. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever, or will look forward to eternal life. In John chapter 12, beginning with verse 31, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world, the devil, will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41. And this is what we're, we really need to come to grips with this. Open our eyes, recognize the ultimate destruction of the devil himself and us if we follow him. Jesus said, then he will also say to those in the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Is that where you want to be? Everlasting fire? In the destruction of hell itself, that reality? And also Revelation 20 and verse 10, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Is that the destiny that you want? You know, there's some people who are flippant, they're arrogant, and they quickly say, well, yeah, if, if that's where I'm going to end up, you know, doing what I want to do in this world, then that's just where I'm going to be. If that's where my friends are going to be, that's where I want to be. One second after that becomes their reality in eternity, they'll completely change their mind. Nobody will want to be there. You can beat the devil, but you need to make up your mind. You need to make up your mind whom you will follow, God or the devil. Who are you going to follow? Which pathway are you going to take through life? Jesus said there's only two, Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. One leads to eternal life in heaven. The other one leads to eternal condemnation in hell. Which pathway are you on? Which pathway are you going to take through the rest of your life? Which one are you going to follow, God or the devil? Make up your mind. God has said, I will give you the victory. But you need to make up your mind. In 1 John chapter 3, beginning with verse 7, John the apostle wrote, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. But just as he is righteous, he who sins is of the devil. A whole lot of people, they talk about what a great relationship with God they have, how much faith they have in Jesus. Oh, they talk about how much love they have in their heart for the Lord, for God. And they're living a life that says something else every second of every day. They're living in disobedience to him. They're living sinful lifestyles without struggling against it. That's just the way they live. But they talk a good game until you look at how they're living, then you realize you, you're telling lies here to yourself first, but also to everybody else around you. So let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. He who, uh, just as he is righteous, and then he who sins is of the devil. But the sinfulness is by your choice. 
you give in to the temptations. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. That is, does not continue in a lifestyle of sin. For his seed remains in him and he cannot live that kind of lifestyle of sin because he has been, made, he has been born of God. He's walking with God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest or made apparent. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. And so we look at somebody and they're living in sinfulness and they're talking about how, how great a faith they have in God. They need to go back to the drawing board. They need to look in the mirror of their life and say, you know, I'm saying one thing, I'm doing something else. True love for God will guide you to live by his teachings. John 8 and verse 47, he who is born of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. 1 John 2 and verse 5, whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. How do I know if I'm in God or in Christ? How do I know if I'm walking with God? Am I living by these teachings? That tells me. There's my guidebook. There's my roadmap. And then also Ephesians 4 and verse 27, nor, or in other words, don't give place to the devil. The sense is in your life. Don't let him have a foothold, not a toehold. Don't let us get his hands on the inside of the door and try to pry it open to your life. Don't let him in. Don't let him have any place in your life. And so Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 22, abstain from every form or all appearance of evil. Well, I, you know, I, yeah, I went over to this and, and look, I understand. I used to have that mindset. I could go to a bar and just sit there with friends, drink a Coca-Cola and not even put anything else to my lips. And I thought, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not violating scripture here. I'm not getting drunk. Thank God that many, many years ago, long time ago, when I was still just a very young adult, I came to my senses and realized that was fallacious thinking. That did not work. And I repented of that. Paul says, abstain from even the appearance of evil, even the appearance of evil. Now, God has provided for us in Ephesians chapter 6, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 10 through 18, a list of the implements of spiritual armor that he has blessed us with so that we can stand firm and firmly defended against all of the ways of the devil when he tries to bring us down and bring us into sin. He wrote, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's what I want to do, be able to stand defensively, successfully against all of the devil's attempts to destroy me spiritually and eternally. So that's what I want to do. I want to know about this whole armor of God thing. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be, may be able to withstand in the evil day. What evil day? Is that a day coming down the road someplace? It's today. It's right now. Whenever the devil's throwing temptations at me, trying to lead me into sin. 
and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith which is, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one, and that's the word of God, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, proving always that with all prayer and supplication, or I'm sorry, praying always with all prayer and supplication. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. The shield of faith will allow me, enable me to be able to say, now again, you're not holding up the Bible to do that, but in your mind, I believe in God. I am dedicated to God. I am committed to God. I want to live a godly, righteous lifestyle. So the devil bombards us with all of these temptations, but we're standing behind our shield of faith, which we develop through our continued knowledge and learning from God's word. And then the sword of the spirit, even a, a greater imagery of the power of the word of God to fend off everything that the devil might try to use against us. Think about those implements of the armor. Truth? Well, again, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth, praying to the Father on the night of his betrayal. Praying for the apostles, particularly at that particular time, John 17 and verse 17. Righteousness? Well, live by the standards of God's word. The wise man wrote in Proverbs 14 and verse 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The gospel of peace, the gospel of peace. Through strong faith, you can overcome the devil. 1 John 5 and verse 4. The shield of faith, well, again, through strong faith, you can overcome the devil. The gospel of peace, too. Let me make that point. Philippians 4 and verse 7. You walk with God in faithful obedience, living by the teachings of his word. And verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a peace that this world is, is groping around trying to find, but they're looking in the wrong places. But God offers it to us. The helmet of salvation. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. John said, I write these things to those who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, have confidence that you are saved, that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. The sword of the Spirit. How can we overemphasize the importance of our being in God's word on a regular basis? The sword of the Spirit. I like the way the Hebrews writer characterized God's word in such powerful and graphic terms. Hebrews chapter four and verse 12. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The sword of the spirit. How powerful is the word of God to fend off spiritual danger when the devil tries to throw it at me? And then prayer, prayer. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, Ephesians 3 and verse 20. So we need to pray continually without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. 
be assured again. With God's help, you can be certain that you can beat the devil. No question about it. 2 Peter 2 and verse 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. And then we look at 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 again. Remember, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond your means, beyond your ability, beyond your strength. But with the temptation will always make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. If you resist the devil by walking with God, what does James say? The devil's going to flee from you. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do I resist the devil? I submit to God. How do I do that? I draw near to God and he will draw near to you as I live by his word, by his teachings. If I put that into practice in my life on a consistent daily basis, resist him, resist him steadfast in the faith. And again, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Romans 10 verse 17 knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6, verses 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong and in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If I'm not living in God's word, then I'm not being as strong. I'm not tapping into the strength that God offers me spiritually, that spiritual strength, as much as I need to, as much as I can, as much as he wants to give that to me. But if you will do that, if you will resist the devil by walking with God, if you will walk with God in spite of whatever the devil might try to lead you, how the devil might try to lead you away from him, if you'll be strong in the Lord, living by his teachings, continually studying, then you can be assured of victory. You can be assured of victory. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 and 58. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, faithful, dedicated, determined, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, if we will automatically, when we're presented with the temptation to get involved in some worldly manner, if we'll just turn to a godly situation, if we'll turn to something that will help us to stay strong in the faith, prayer would be a really great avenue at that particular moment, then we will be much better able to resist whatever the devil tries to lead us into we will be much better able to grow in our faith and be strong, maintain that strength. You can beat the devil. Walk with God in faithfulness and be assured, not just that you can, but that you will beat the devil. God's going to help you all along the way. Do you need to come to him this morning through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him openly as God's son and your Lord and Savior, being baptized into him for the remission of your sins, the blood that he shed on the cross, ready to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins as you are buried with him in the waters of baptism and then raised up with him a new, in a new life, a Christian, forgiven, redeemed, saved, 
Romans 6, verses 3 through 5. Do you need to pray to God for forgiveness, for giving in to the devil, and for strength to resist him effectively from here on? Do you need us to pray with you and for you about that? Don't be hesitant. Don't let the devil embarrass you, thinking they're going to know I've, I've sinned. We all make mistakes. We're here. If you'll step forward and let us know, we'll gladly, lovingly, thankfully pray with you and for you. If you're ready to be baptized into Christ, please come. If you need the prayers of the church, please come. If you need to talk to somebody privately, study privately, please talk with us. You can beat the devil. Don't let him win in your life. Come as we stand and sing.